Hi, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melissa C., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in New York. Today is Friday, November 20th, 2020. This is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we're reading from the Big Book, and we are on page 18, the fourth paragraph, but the X problem drinker, and we'll be reading one paragraph only. Today's readers are, for the 12 Steps, Nina R., the 12 Traditions, Nan K., readers of the text are Anita J. and Susan H., our newcomer greeter is Jason K., and the host for the second hour is Russ M. The reference numbers for Thursday, November 19th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting was 15,817. That's 15817. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting was 15,818. That's 15818. Okay, the OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Nina R. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Nina. Nina, go ahead and press star one. We're not getting you. Good morning. This is Nina R., a recovering anorexic bulimic compulsive eater from New York City. Um, thanks, Melissa, for moderating the meeting this morning. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, 
made a list of all persons we had harmed, and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us in the prayer to carry that out. And, sorry, 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Allow me to say Thank you so much, Nina R. I will now ask Nan Kay to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Good morning. Nan. Good morning. My name is Nan Kay from Michigan. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Pass. Thank you, Nan Kay. Thanks so much. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. And if you go over, you'll hear my little timer, and I'll gently remind you, singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. 
to share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today, we resume our study of the Big Book. We're on page 18. We're reading the fourth paragraph, but the ex-problem drinker. It's a super important paragraph, and we'll be reading one paragraph only. And I will now ask Anita J. to begin reading. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, Melissa. Thank you so much for your service. Um, this is Anita J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater with the grace of God uh, out in Massachusetts. But the ex-problem drinker who has found the solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. And I have a time or two. Let's see. Get it going. Okay. Um, There's a lot in there, but the two things I was thinking about today was um, winning, winning this fellow over, or what, what, um, what is it I want to accomplish? But there's, uh, I want him to know that I am, he is me, and I am him. And that the facts about myself and the change that has happened is not just a body size change. Um, you know, I was a lecturer and branch manager of one of the pay and ways. And um, I was really good at it. Of course, I was always in the problem category. I had to go every month to Newton and get weighed. But the thing is, that isn't how this works. And it isn't just from the skin out, our change. I don't know what is more exciting to change. Um, the viciousness of the way I ate or the viciousness of the way I talked. This has been a transformation. And I think He's armed with the facts of telling him in a matter-of-fact way, which is what we're told in this book, how to do it. It's a primer. It tells you exactly how to do it. But he tells us more than once in different places uh, what I was like. You know, there was once when I screamed so hard at my husband, the anger was just enveloping me. Um, I was worried he wasn't even going to come back from it. That's where that's how bad it got. I'm sure that is not what he thought his bride was going to be like. I can tell you that much. And um, he didn't know that um, from the honeymoon on, I couldn't stop eating. Whatever was going on with me, it wasn't going to be fixed by a pain way. It was going to be fixed only with the grace of God. But it took me decades to surrender all of me. There were people 
I think, like um, like the making an approach, but I don't know. I don't know if there were or there weren't. All I know is that somehow Vision for You, they followed this. And I heard, and I am so grateful, and I hope everybody will hear somebody that uh, they can relate to. Because what a change in me. And with that, I pass. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Anita J., for getting us started. Okay, so before I open up the lines for sharing, I want to remind us all that although we value your experience, we do ask that you limit your sharing to every third day. So if you shared on Wednesday or Thursday, um, we just ask you to step back and refrain in order that others might share their experience too. So I got my pen ready, and who would like to share? Janet B. Janet Reva B. P. Reva. Nessa R. Larry K. R. Joan N. Carmela G. Donnie C. Oh, wait, hold on. Carmela, hold on a second, guys. Hang on, hang on. All right, I got Janet B., Reva P., Nessa R., Larry K., Don or Dom, I wasn't sure. Carmela G., there was someone else um, I missed there. Joni C. John, what was that, Joni? Joni C. Joni C. Elizabeth D. Elizabeth D. I'm going to stop right there. If I missed you, I apologize, but I'm going to just cap it right here, and I'll open it back up again. So I'll tell you the lineup. I got Janet B., Reva P., Nessa R., Larry K., Dom or Don. You'll let me know when you come on. Carmela G., Joni C., and Elizabeth D. All righty. Well, Janet B., my friend, take it away. Good morning, Melissa. This is Janet B. Recovered from compulsive eating and bulimia in New Jersey. Well, I'm just looking at the first line here, and it has um, the words problem, and it has the word solution. And I always think if we're trying to find a solution, we need to define our problem. And my problem was lack of power, that I couldn't remember my last binge strongly enough to deter me. And the way I always like to think of this is like about a broken bridge, that normally there's a bridge connecting my memory to my conscious mind. It's like I have a horrible cat allergy. And in my memory are all these data points of cat-induced asthma attacks. So if someone invites me to their house and there's a cat, my memory will look at those data points, generate a little thought to run across the bridge to say, stop, danger, you can't do it. But when it came to food, and I was about to, for the hundredth time, go out and buy a box of cookies, telling myself, I'll have one or two, but always end up eating the whole box. My memory had those hundred data points in there. It would generate a little thought to run across the bridge to my conscious mind saying, stop, don't do it. Danger, you'll get fat, you'll hate yourself, except the bridge was broken. The thought couldn't get from my memory to my conscious mind. And therefore, I had no defense against the first compulsive bite. I had no power. I was helpless. So what was the solution? Later on in this um, couple pages from here, it says, but for the grace of God, so many more would have perished. Um, The grace of God. 
And so what do I do? What's my solution? I need to build a new bridge to that God. And that bridge started with willingness to do whatever I had to do, a decision to be ruthlessly honest, to surrender my life to God, which meant I was no longer to wake up and say, what do I feel like doing today? But it's what do you want me to do today, God? Clearing away the wreckage of my past and then helping others to build their bridge. And that's how I understand the problem and the solution, which works for every single one of us who do it. And um, it says it takes a few hours to win the confidence of someone. I believe the first thing we're supposed to do is to establish a relationship with someone we're trying to help, that we offer them friendship and fellowship, show them how our broken bridges work, and then help them to build a bridge to God. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Janet B. Okay, next up is Reva P, and Reva will be followed by Nessa R. Good morning, Reva. Good morning. Hi, uh, this is Reva P, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. You know, the paragraphs before are telling me that all these highly skilled people, doctors, psychiatrists, in my case, a really smart aunt, um, a very skilled dietitian. Um, none of those people were able to help me, and I ended up demoralized and frustrated. And I love the first word of this paragraph, but, but, in spite of all that, this ex-problem drinker, without the degrees, without the accolades, the ex-problem drinker who has found the solution. That means this is somebody who's recovered, um, who is properly armed, which means they know the facts. What are the facts? That I have a twofold illness, the physical allergy and the mental obsession. Somebody who knows that, who is not indulging anymore, that's the person who can help me. That's who I need to look for if I want to get well. Not all the degrees and all the doctors, which can supplement my program, but that's not what did the trick for me. Um, and um, confidence. You know, when I was able to see and hear somebody in whom the problem had been solved, somebody who did the crazy things that I did and wasn't doing them anymore and looked so I'll never forget the man who came up to introduce himself and welcome me when I walked into my first meeting. It just looked like the bricks were off his shoulders. Um, I, could, I could just sense the peace um, over and above the body size that was normal. And understanding somebody who's done what I did and knows the solution as outlined in this book um, with you know, the food down, they understand, and it's, it applies when I came in. And to this day, if I am disturbed, if I'm really disturbed in recovery, I need to talk to somebody who knows what to do, who knows how to listen to my step 10, um, who knows how to keep me on the beam. So I am so grateful for this italicized, which means pay attention, Reva. Um, this is the person who can help me way back when, when I'm first getting recovered and in recovery. And with that, I pass. Oh, thanks so much, Riva P. Okay, next up is Nessa R. And Nessa will be followed by Larry K. Good morning, Nessa. 
Hi, good morning, wishing for you. It's Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada, and I want to continue on that uh, train of thought because why did these experts, why were these experts unable to help me? And the answer is they had no credibility. Everything they told me um, was followed by, but you don't understand. And it was 100% true, they didn't understand. But a recovered compulsive overeater does understand. They understand what it feels like to be in the, in the grip of the disease, but they also understand that we can get out um, from under the grip of the disease. And that's why a recovered uh, compulsive overeater has immediate credibility um, in, the, in the eyes of someone like me who wasn't recovered at the time. Uh, but it says as a requisite there that an understanding has to be reached. And what is that understanding? The understanding is internalizing that I have an allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. You know, I, um, I was in the, in the rooms uh, of OA for nine years before um, um, anybody helped me with the doctor's opinion in a meaningful way. You know, the meetings that I, that I, that I went to, and some of them, I would say a few, yeah, quite a few of them were book, book, big book meetings. They didn't read the doctor's opinion. If they did, they just like glossed over it. Nobody really talked about it. Nobody talked about the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. And that is the understanding that has to be reached because until I understand the allergy of the body, I have no impetus to become entirely abstinent. You know, until I understand the obsession of the mind, I have no impetus to work the steps. And until I understand the, the relationship between the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind and the cycle of disease that is explained by the doctor, I have no impetus to first become entirely abstinent and then work the steps according to the big book, you know, uh, with the desperation of a drowning man. That is the understanding. And I, I, I don't say that uh, I got it as soon as I heard the doctor's opinion. It still took me um, a while to internalize that concept. I didn't become entirely abstinent and, and recovered as soon as that, that, that aha moment came up. Um, but that's what did it. That is the understanding that has to be reached. Um, without it, I mean, nothing really can happen. But once it does, wow, it just takes off. And um, um, it's possible for everybody. Uh, recovered uh, compulsive overeaters prove that it is possible for everybody. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Nessa R. Okay, next up is Larry Kay, and Larry will be followed by Dom. And Larry's going to sing for us, right? <laughs> no, we're going to lose everybody if I do that. Hey, Melissa, thank, thank you for your service. You know, um, I was thinking about this, the beautiful shares, too. At this meeting, in a way, um, I don't think we have too much difficulty coming to some sort of agreement on, on what the solution is. It's, it's not hard to find in the text, right? And the solution, of course, is a spiritual awakening that emerges when, when an individual that has our affliction works the steps as laid out in the text. I mean, that's pretty simple. Um, where I find that many of us have a, a, greater, a great deal less clarity is around what the problem is. You'd think that that would be simple too, but I'm, I'm not thoroughly convinced, you know, you may say, that, that it's a spiritual malady that's causing the unmanageability in my life, not the least of which includes uh, compulsive overeating 
and behaviors. And I and and if I don't come to that conclusion, I simply will not recover. Period. I've I've learned that. And and why is that? Um, boy, life is unfair. Well, well, it, no, it's it's just that the needed power will not be available because the power doesn't come to the powerful. Rather, the, the needed power flows into the powerless. And I'm reminded of a metaphor. I shared this with a beautiful fellow yesterday uh, um, about the, maybe you've heard about the duck with the human mind. So you have these, these two ducks get into a fight on the pond, uh, and it, it doesn't last too long with ducks, and they invariably they separate after the fight and they float off uh, in opposite directions. And then what happens is each duck will uh, vigorously flap its wings a few times, kind of shake off, you know, the excess energy. And after they flap their wings, they float on peacefully as if nothing happened. Now, if the duck had a human mind, it would keep the fight alive, you know, right, by creating a story. Uh, I can't believe what that damn duck did to me. He, he came within five inches of me. I mean, he thinks he owns this whole pond. I mean, what about my private space? I'll tell you what, I'll never trust him again. And the next time, he's going to try to annoy me on purpose. He's plotting. But I'm ready. I'm going to teach him a lesson he'll never forget. And on, his, on and on, his mind spins its tails like ours, right? And he'll tell every duck within 50 miles what happened how this isn't over, I'm going to settle the score. And in his resentment, his anxiety, and his fear, the duck finds ways to anesthetize himself like we do, right? And he maintains an illusion of control. And so the lesson for me, once you, know, once you put the food down, work the damn steps, flap your wings, right? Let go of the story, and you're going to return to the only place where true power ever resides. And that's through your creator. And uh, with that, I pass. Thanks, Melissa. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much, Larry. Okay, next up is Dom or Don. I'm not really sure. Um, and then Carmela G. So is your name is Dom or Don or Dawn? Or did I totally get that wrong altogether? I think that was Johan. Johan. Oh, was it Johan? I see somebody lovingly texted me. Johan, maybe that Johan, maybe that is you. If you're available, we'd love to hear from you. Hi, hi, this is Johan M. Yeah, I shouted my name there, so it could have been me. Thank you. And uh, my name is Johan M, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Sweden. And thank you, Melissa, so much for service today and for the share so far. It's been Amazing sitting here and listening to all of you. I feel so connected on these meetings. And this text is just, uh, it's just amazing. And uh, when I came to OA, to begin with, it was all about identification. That uh, I got identification. I heard your stories and I could identify with you. I was one of you. And then also uh, hearing the solution that there was a solution and what the solution was. And uh, I mean, when Bill approached Dr. Bob, it was, this was what uh, Dr. Bob was lacking. Uh, he was lacking identification and uh, he was lacking uh, uh, first step knowledge, knowledge about the mental twist and uh, physical allergy. 
and Bill could give this to, to Dr. Bob, and, and very quickly Dr. Bob recovered. Um, and I mean, I've done lots of crazy, crazy things uh, in my in my disease, and I had so much shame about these things, uh, especially in uh, doing my first fifth step. But today, I mean, this is a gold mine. Uh, when I approach a newcomer or I talk to a potential sponsee, or if I just talk to anybody uh, that are in the rooms or, or that have this problem, I can tell, I can take this, uh, I can give this, these worst stories that I have and that I had so much shame about and how, I, how I've been eating and what I've done in my life. And, all about my selfishness and everything, and uh, and uh, and uh, the person can see that he he's not alone because we have all done crazy things, and uh, I mean thanks to this program, uh, there is a solution, uh, and uh, I'm so grateful that I am in the solution today, that I worked through the steps really really fast and that I got the spiritual experience where the uh, mental twist was lifted from me and uh, that I today get to live uh, as a free man, happy, joyous and free one day at a time. Um, and uh, it's, it's just a miracle and it's such a blessing to be in this program, uh, to be in, in these meetings and and uh, to be able to to turn the, the the worst things that happened in my life to i mean the the worst things that happened to my life is is today the best things that happened in my life because without those 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 uh those things i wouldn't be here here today and 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 uh reach my bottom and and got a chance to recover and so i'm so grateful i am recovered one day at a time and with that i pass thank you so much thank you johansi thank you okay next up is carmela g and carmela will be followed by Joni c good morning carmela good morning thank you so much melissa for your service thank you everyone on the line for your shares and for your listening um, I am a grateful compulsive overeater recovered for today. And um, this this sums it up for me. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. Um, I had no understanding of this because I built walls around myself in disease and those walls allowed me to be arrogant and dishonest and righteous indignation. Uh, yesterday we spoke about a psychiatrist. I was smarter than the psychiatrist. I could handle it all. But until I finally came to the conclusion that God allowed me to be powerless, and know that my power came not from within me, but from a power greater than myself. And I had a, a relationship with that power. It was only at that point that I could be honest and let everything flow out. And I could see 
how arrogant and how wrong I was and how the ugliness I was spewing. It was just venom. But yet, I succeeded, so I thought. But today, it's only through receiving that power through the sunlight of the Spirit and every morning connecting that I can walk and I can hold the hand of another fellow and journey down the road of happy destiny and get them to understand because I allowed the truth, my heart to open up and to come out of my mouth the honesty that I am not the superior being I thought I was, but that I have a power greater than Carmilla, and that power works through me, provided I remain open and honest and allow that power to work and stay connected. And with that, I pass and wish you all a beautiful day. Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much, Carmilla G., Okay, next up is Joni C., and Joni will be followed by Elizabeth D. Good morning, Joni. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you fine. Okay, uh, this is Joni C. from Minnesota, and um, the first time I listened to, I had been in OA, um, but I hadn't gotten anywhere. Um, um but the first but the time first that I uh, lis- listened to Vision for You, it, I was hooked. I heard people talk about how they'd been, you know, what some people had even more desperate eating problems than I had. And uh, it it just amazed me to hear of people being abstinent for 30 years. I mean, 30 years. That just boggles my mind and beyond my comprehension. And um, so I was hooked, and, and it didn't, I don't even think it took an hour. It was only part of an hour, and and I was willing to go to any length to to find the solution that they found, and um, I'm so very grateful to all of you. And with that, I pass. Oh, thank you so much, Joni C. Okay, next up is Elizabeth D., and then I'll open the lines up again for people to share. Good morning, Elizabeth. Press star one to unmute. I believe I heard Elizabeth. Am I being heard? Yes, you're clear, Melissa. Okay. All right. Yes, you're being heard, moderator. Okay, thank you. Thanks so much, guys. All right, so um, I don't hear Elizabeth, so I'm just going to remind us all where we're at. We are on page 18, the fourth paragraph, but the ex-problem drinker. Hi. Is that Elizabeth? Yeah, it is. Thank you. Okay, Elizabeth, go right ahead. And then I'll I'm sorry about that. Um, Go ahead. 
My, my name is Elizabeth D, and I'm a um, recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. And what strikes me about this um, this morning, it always strikes me how um, so early in the text um, the imperative of service comes up. And it's in other places, um, even earlier than this, um, in the first chapter when Dr. Silkworth explains how the founders of AA worked with other alcoholics, and this was the basis of a rapidly growing fellowship among them. And then in Bill's story, when he talks about Ebby's role in his life as an example of the power of God to remove his, um, the drink problem, um, of course, this paragraph in its context is, is uh, I see, is talking about um, the recovered compulsive overeater has the power to help another compulsive overeater, like no doctor, no partner, no spouse could can help. Um, and so I see that that's the reason. But but what really moves me about this paragraph is the imperative of service, uh, to, the imperative that it of being service to another compulsive overeater, one one to another. And all I need to do, all I need to do this work are the facts about myself. And first, that is to accept that, that I'm powerless um, over my alcoholic foods and behaviors. Um, and by working steps one through nine, entirely abstinent, um, I have to have an awakening to these facts. And once I have these facts, that, the, that my problem was not food, it was a lack of power. And once I've worked all through these steps, once I've found it, I must give it away. Um, what I found is that, in my experience, early on as a recovered woman, my step guides talked about this imperative of doing service. And I took some half-hearted uh, attempts to sponsor people. But slowly, um, my self-centered fear came back. Um, and I thought to myself, how can I possibly guide someone the way I'd been guided? Um, so I gave it up. And lo and behold, within eight months, I was back in the food. This time, I'm not making that mistake. Um, I have to be guiding people um, through the steps. And when I can't find someone um, to guide, then I call newcomers because the chapter, the later chapter says, work, is entitled Working with Others. The chapter is not entitled Sponsoring People. It is entitled Working with Others. So all, and all I need to do to work with others, as it says in here, is to be properly armed with the facts about myself. And then an understanding if the um, can be reached. And for me, those moments of understanding between me and another compulsive overeater who's still struggling in the food um, is a, a moment of understanding that is precious and miraculous. And I wouldn't miss, miss it for the world. And I'm so grateful to be part of this fellowship, which is stressing the possibility that I can be recovered um, and that anyone can be recovered um, if they are like me, uh, uh, hopeless um, in the face of the food. So um, I'm grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Well, thank you. Thanks so much, Elizabeth Day. Okay, so just to kind of catch everybody up, we're on page 18, the fourth paragraph. But the ex-problem drinker, we went one paragraph only. And um, if you haven't shared in the last couple of days, you'd like to share, please offer up your name. Sharon Amy G. Sharon K. Sharon. Amy G. Amy G. Linda G. Taylor S. I can vote. Hold on. I got Darian K. I believe it was Karen K. or Sharon K. Amy G. Who else is that? Diane C. 
um, is just so important. It, it keeps us out of the food, and it keeps us out of our head and out of depression and out of uh, so many dark places. Um, so, you know, for today, I'm just grateful that, um, you know, I found someone uh, that I could relate to and that I continue to do this program a day at a time for a very long time. And um, it still works as beautifully as it did on day one. So thank you so much, all of you, for being out there. And I pass. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much, Darian Kay. Okay, so I, I did hear that there was a Delphine B, and I, I have her um, a little bit further, but I have Karen K next, Amy G, Diane C, Delphine B, and then Yvette L. So Karen K, Karen K. Good morning. Can you? Yes, is that Karen K? Can you hear me? Yes. I got you now. Oh, I got you. I've been having troubles with my phone this week. Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Karen Kay, Recovered Compulsive Eater from Syracuse, New York, and my credits do not transfer. And uh, you guys have just been carrying me this morning. Um, I'm not feeling the best this morning. Um, I think it's time to see the doctor, but, you know, we don't eat over this stuff. I feel like a part in the big book where we're like a, a cruise liner on a ship. And we're all riding this boat together and, and uh, one step at a time. And um, uh, I like Larry's share about the duck. And I, and I can certainly be that duck, you know. I used to be that duck. So maybe I'll change my name to Karen D as a duck. I'm not sure. Um, but these readings are so powerful. The shares have been so powerful. And um, I'm keeping all of you in my prayers every day. And I just felt like I needed to jump on the line and just say, you know, claim in my seat and recover today, uh, job or no job, wife or no husband or no husband, sick or not sick. We just don't pick up today one day at a time with that outpass. And God bless all of you. I'm so grateful for a vision for you. Oh, thank you so much, Karen Kay. Hoping you feel better. Okay, next up is Amy G, and Amy will be followed by Diane C. Good morning, Amy. Hey, Melissa. Good morning. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for such an awesome meeting. What great shares. Uh, for me, what stood out, oh, my name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Maryland. So the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution who is properly armed with the facts. When I think of that properly armed, I think of like a weapon. And, you know, and if I'm carrying around a gun, that's a pretty powerful weapon, right? But if I'm not properly armed, if it's not loaded correctly, it's not effective. I can bat someone over the head with it, but I certainly can't use it what it's made to be used for. And for me, as an ex-problem, a recovered compulsive reader, properly armed with the facts, that's what we do. We carry a message of depth and weight. What does Tradition 5 say? What we read it every morning in this meeting. Our primary purpose is to carry the message to the still-suffering compulsive overeater who still suffers. We need to be recovered and properly armed. The weapon is loaded. And when we do, we have a message of depth and weight that has the power through God's grace, I believe, to transform lives through the 12 steps. It's incredible. It's powerful. It's in italics. They spent extra money to put the italics when they published it. So, yes, it is an imperative. It's an imperative for my own recovery, and it's an imperative for me to be able to carry that message. And I take it very seriously because until such an understanding is reached, 
And for me on the other side, as a newcomer, for me to understand, I can't as Nessa so succinctly put earlier in the meeting is that until I know what the problem is, I can't even get to the solution. I mean, here we are in the chapter, there is a solution, but we don't get to how it works, i.e. what to do for a number of chapters down the road, because I need to understand what the, what the problem is. What is compulsive overeating? Am I a compulsive overeater? What is the nature of the malady? This is why I and all of us study this book over and over and over again. Repetition is the father of learning. The understanding has to be there. Obviously, knowledge is not sufficient. Clearly, I tried that for my first almost five years in Overeaters Anonymous, and I almost died. Because what do I do with the knowledge is what is key here. Am I going to use that understanding of who and what I am and that knowledge once I learn it in these rooms to feed my ego to say, okay, thanks so much, I'm going to work this program on my own and see how far that gets me. Because then clearly I don't have an understanding of what the problem is and the nature of my problem. Because if I did, I would know how powerless I truly am. And it took me those five years to get there. But I continued to use that knowledge in the wrong way. Here, once I use that knowledge to get to step one, only I can make that choice to surrender and use my knowledge of what I've learned to make a decision about who and what I am and take the appropriate action to then move forward through these steps to surrender to not feed my ego and my willpower, but to say, I give, I surrender, I am powerless, I am warped with my obsession with this disease, and of myself, I cannot cure it. So what am I going to do? Help me. I'm going to turn to the ex-problem drinker, and I'm going to ask the ex-problem drinker who is properly armed, ex-problem eater, who is properly armed, to say, help me, because I cannot do this on my own. I understand what the problem is, and I'm going to die. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks so much, Amy. Okay, next up I have um, Diane C., um, and then we have Delphine B. and Yvette L. So there's three people and six minutes left. So if we could do two apiece, we could get to the three of them. So I'm going to set the timer for two minutes. Diane C., would you share, please? Yes, thanks, Melissa. Hi, this is Diane C. I'm also from Maryland, from the Baltimore area, and gratefully recovered. Um, what I, what is coming up for me in this uh, this wonderful paragraph is the difference between sympathy and empathy. Um, it's my understanding that sympathy is acknowledging that somebody is going through something and feeling for them um, because I have actually um, uh, because because I'm not actually walked through it, but I just have uh, I want to comfort them. Empathy is more than just and understanding and looking at them from a distance, it's that I have walked that walk. Um, so there's real, uh, a more uh, direct identification. Um, I think another way of describing it is sympathy is saying, I'm sorry that you're in pain, whereas empathy is, I feel your pain. I've been there. And it's the empathy that uh, really drew me to this program. And just knowing that all of you have walked the same walk and um, and have experienced my pain. And the fact that we need to be properly armed, I need to be properly armed with facts about myself to win the confidence of, of someone else. And we talk so much about how I need the power of, of my creator, my higher power, who I call God, to, um, to recover, to work the steps, to, to, to live in recovery. But if I get back in my self-will, in 
carrying the message to someone who's still suffering, then I'm doomed to fail. So I need that power through the entire process, including as I walk in step 12. My, my power is finite while, God, while God's is infinite. And this applies not only to how I recover, but how I walk out my, recover, my recovery in carrying the message. And I pass. Thanks. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much, Diane C. Okay, next up is Delphine B, and Delphine will be followed by Yvette L. Good morning, Delphine. I believe it was Delphine. Press star one to unmute. Okay, I'm going to give it another moment, and then... um, Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Go right ahead. Okay. Sorry for that. Uh, Thank you for your service. My name is Delphine B. I'm a compulsive innovator from France. Thank you for all your shares. Uh, This paragraph resonated strongly with me today because I relapsed three days ago. And this morning we had a chat with my sponsor and she was telling me about really surrendering, deeply, strongly surrendering uh, about my trigger foods. And and I realized it did upset me when I was listening to her. And she has what is described in the paragraph. She is recovered, and I completely identify with her. And I know she's talking the truth, and that I should follow uh, her suggestion. But I still hear the voice of the disease in my head telling me, telling me well, if you do that, you will have no joy anymore because if you don't have this particular food, where will be the joy? Uh, and, and, and that is my problem today is really to be deeply, truly honest with myself, with my sponsor, with you. And, and when I hear that voice of my disease trying to tell me nonsense and to, to tease that de-relate me, if I may say that, uh, with you, uh, just to, to shut the, the, her voice up uh, uh, and, and to really deeply listen and be honest with my sponsor. And that, that, that's what I get from this paragraph, really to, to not compare myself and to say, okay, to be as humble as I can and, and, and to also use the one day at a time tool to not be, not to be so afraid about having one particular food away from my life. And with that, I'll pass. Uh, thank you. Thanks so much for that, Al. I'm sorry, Delphine B. I apologize. Uh, next up is Yvette L. And Yvette, we've got like one, I got one minute. So I'm going to set the timer for one minute and we'd love to hear what you have to say. So go right ahead. Good morning. This is Yvette L. Uh, this is Yvette L., a recovered compulsive overeater um, in New Britain, Connecticut. Um, and I can be very brief. Um, you know, it says, until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. Um, and I know from my own experience, um, you know, having been in these rooms many, many years, um, until I fully surrendered, um, until I put down, you know, all of my alcoholic foods because I heard recently that I can't negotiate with the disease because the disease will always win. 
um, until I surrendered, until I, you know, accepted that I was out of ideas, um, nothing really was accomplished. But when I did fully surrender, then um, amazing things have been accomplished. So uh, thanks for letting me share. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. All right. Um, Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today's meeting, Friday, November 20th, 7 a.m. meeting, was 15,823. That's 15823. And um, we'll now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Susan H., please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Melissa. Thank you for your your service. I'm grateful to read this. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you could do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously he cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your thoughts to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.